This is The Sarah Swain Show, where we talk all things bold and courageous business and have big and free conversations with brave humans. Nothing is off the table here, so get ready to be moved, challenged, empowered, and propelled into action. Okay, welcome. We are back with another round of incredible conversations with authors of the Sovereign Book. Today we have Courtney, Rebecca, and Lee's with us. Oh, these conversations have been so healing so far. So I'm excited to see what comes up in today's conversation. If you are listening to this episode now, it means our book is live on Amazon and we would love your support. We'll leave the link in the show notes for you to just click and purchase or just go ahead and look it up on Amazon uh, under the Sovereign and get your hands on it. Help us spread awareness. We are so, so, so eager and excited to get these stories out there and um, start to paint a little bit of a different picture for what people have really experienced over the last couple of years, because we're not exactly represented (laughs) in uh, the mainstream narrative. And um, all of us, uh, unfortunately, have grown used to uh, being dismissed in our own experiences and the uh, emotions that we have endured and the circumstances that have been placed in front of us that we were really left on our own to navigate as it seemed as though the world was kind of moving on um, without us. So it's just an honor to be able to have these conversations <clears throat> in such an open and free way after so many years of wondering, are we allowed to talk about this? What are the consequences if I share my point of view? So um, really healing to be able to write in this book and really, really grateful to have a really bizarre way of meeting all of you. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's, we've been talking about this on some of the other episodes of, yeah, we're, we're in a place now where we can start to feel gratitude for what we uh, have just moved through because of the positive changes it has brought forth in our life, the deeper connections that we have with ourselves and people in our lives. Um, and just this like unbridled sense of self now that we're all tapping into, which uh, really is what sovereignty is all about. So very excited to dive in with you. Uh, I'll start with Courtney. I would love for you to share with the listeners. um, What's your story about? If you could give a quick snapshot of the journey that you're sharing, um, what would you say to the listeners to help them understand, get an idea of what maybe this book is packing? I think for me and my story, it is how I came to the decision of not getting vaccinated organically. And I think from my experience, a lot of people were very much like, you're an anti-vaxxer, you're this, you're that. They had all these names and hats for me that I didn't feel like I had that. I was going through another diagnosis, an ADHD diagnosis, kind of when everything was rolling out. And I wanted to go through that first. I didn't want double, you know, um, reactions and things like that happening. So I was just 
prioritizing like that diagnosis piece. And then I very quickly got lumped in to this other category that people had decided I was in. And I, I guess in my story, I just want people to see that it just was very organic how I came to the decision. My waking up journey started years, years, and years before this. Um, so I was always consciously questioning everything, but at the same time, this ex- exact thing, getting making the choice to have the vaccination or not, um, happened really organically in my life. And people did not want to hear that. They did not want to hear that story. They just wanted me to be a bad person. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it interesting that there, it was immediate. It wasn't even just a slow burn of, Hey, these people who are making a different decision than what the narrative is wanting us to do and pressuring us to do. Uh, isn't that interesting that they're asking questions that didn't happen that way. It was an immediate, like you said, lumping into this category uh, of really bad things without any opportunity to share what your reasoning is. Not that it's anyone's business, um, but people really failed to understand the unique circumstances and lives and experiences that everybody has um, that inevitably contributes to any decision that we are making, especially ones that involve our own bodies and our health. So um, I love that you have shared your story exactly how you did, because my hope, and I know that this book is going to obviously resonate with so many people in this beautiful community that has formed over the last, I would say, intensely over the last six to eight months since uh, the convoy, when we all of a sudden were like, oh shit, there really is a lot of us. Like it's, <laughs> it's not just me. Right. Yes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that there's going to be some folks who are maybe a little bit more on the skeptical side of us and, and what we're all about, because I really believe when people fully grasp your story, I want to believe, I hope that people will reflect on maybe judgments that they cast um, and ask themselves why they were so quick to pull that trigger. Um, and was it actually their voice? Like, was it their belief that that's who you were? If you didn't, if you chose not to get the vaccine, then that's who you are, Courtney. If people actually really take the time to think about this, I think they will come to the realization that that's not their own belief and it's not their own words and it's not their own voices that were saying some of those things or thinking those things. These were, these were very heavily programmed uh, dialogues that were blasting at us from every corner in order to discredit those who were questioning things. Um, so your story is really powerful, Courtney, um, and, and what you have uh, been through experience endured in your own health journey, um, your own journey as uh, a mother. I mean, there's so much uh, intersecting there in your chapter that um, will really give a lot of people food for thought. Um, so thank you for sharing what you've shared. My pleasure. <laughs> it was- Please. It was, it was actually, before I go to Lise, how, how was the experience for you? Like, how would you describe like the writing process. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, it just felt like um, therapeutic almost. 
And it gave me the ability to look back on all these different things that happened leading up to it and then really feel proud and strong in myself and the decisions that we made. And yeah, it was just, it was, I I loved being able to do that. I had been kind of keeping records um, with pictures and notes for my girls, my two daughters to say like, this is why mommy made the decision she made. Cause I didn't know what direction, I still don't know what direction we're going in, but there were some really dark, really dark days. Like it's almost, it's, it's interesting that today's the day September 22nd was when mandates started in Ontario. That's tomorrow. I know we're recording and it's coming out later, but um, the, what I feel in my body from that day last year, it was also rainy and cold. And I was very much like, what is happening? Like all of a sudden, I'm just going to not be allowed to go anywhere. And there was just a lot going on. And so I started compiling Uh, before the book opportunity came, my thoughts for my daughters to just be like, I don't know where this is going. I want you to know why I made, I'm making the decision I'm making. And so this book was an opportunity to make that formal, I guess, and then share with more people than just my daughters who will be able to read it one day too. So I'm so glad you brought this up. Yeah, this is, this has been such, I love that you use the word like healing or like therapeutic um, cathartic uh, is, yes. a, is a word that people have described their writing experience to, because like you said, like you look back, you're like, damn, like, whoo, that took a lot to, you know, stand strong and in, in my decisions and, you know, not exactly take the easy path forward that probably would have made my life immediately for the short term, a heck of a lot easier to navigate. Um, particularly last fall. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up the date because um, transparently speaking, this is something I, I literally just spoke with um, my therapist about uh, because there was all of a sudden a feeling that I had in my body uh, that felt very uncomfortable. And it came with the crispness of the fall air. And in the back of my mind, uh, all throughout the summer, I, I was kind of wondering, because you know how, when there's a significant change in your life, whatever was around you at the time, the smells, the sounds, the whatever experience it was, those things kind of always remind you of that thing, whether it's good or bad. So in the summer, I was always wondering, like, is this, are we going to almost have that like residual trauma experience going into the fall? and it started to happen with me as soon as the air changed. And, um, I always, <laughs> I haven't shared this publicly yet, but I'm, I'm going to, cause I think it's, it's powerful, but in the fall, I always start eating oatmeal because I'm just, I'm such a seasonal eater. <laughs> I can't eat like a warm bowl of oatmeal in the summer because I, I can't, like, I have to have like a frozen smoothie or something. So I always have like my warm oatmeal and, um, the thought of having oatmeal uh, was terrifying me this September because I knew that if I if I were to taste it, the maple syrup and like the nuts and everything that I would put on it, it was going to like teleport me all the way back to the last time I would have had oatmeal, <laughs> which is when we were going through uh, the thick of this. So um, in speaking with my therapist about this, this is a very real thing that uh, people are, are experiencing right now is the changing of the seasons and like, whoo, wow, okay, this is, this is where we were last fall. And 
right before the rugs were ripped out from, from underneath so many of us. And um, it's only those who know and, and experience it who really understand what that means. Um, and, and the deep, deep, deep emotions that we all experience through some of those darker days. So just wanted to bring that up because I, I completely understand what you're saying there, Courtney, with like, okay, it's like we're on the eve of that dark day and same weather. Oh, it's, it's just such a chilling experience, right? To feel reminded of it or feel like you're back in that place again. Yes. Um, I'm almost glad that at the time I didn't, I didn't know how bad it was going to get over the winter. Um, and I'm kind of glad that I didn't know how bad it was going to get over the winter because I think that would have made last fall even worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, when you look back on your story, um, knowing that you were able to navigate that, um, it, it is a feeling of almost pride in the way like, wow, you know, I'm really proud for how I showed up and the way that I stayed true to myself, even though it was arguably the most difficult path I've taken. Um, Lise, give the well, listeners a, a snapshot of what your story is about. It's kind of fitting that you mentioned the date for you, Courtney, September. For me, it was September 24th. Mm. Um, that was the day my husband texted me and said, Oh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> um, he texted me, said, my face looks funny. And we thought it was a stroke. And, um, he ended up coworkers brought him home. We took him to the hospital and turned out it was Bell's palsy. Uh, and so that's what started the journey for me is because my husband was awake quite early I was on the fence saying, let's just wait, let's just chill, let's just calm. And um, it was after that he was diagnosed with Bell's palsy and then the vaccines came out and our doctor was, it's a huge side effect of Bell's palsy. And my husband is older, he's 53. So it could be, we didn't want it to be permanent. And if you get the side effect, it could become permanent. So we didn't want that. So we were holding off and he was getting a lot of backlash for that from his coworkers, from his family. So it got me questioning. And then I started questioning things. And then, yeah, I started looking at things and I wanted to support my husband. And then afterwards, it kind of snowballed into all that division and everything. And then it brought me back to when I was a child and it brought me back to my depression and People around me, close to me, know that I did try when I was in my 30s. I tried to take my life because it was very, I didn't see anything better. And thankfully, I survived. And, um, but all that I was seeing around the world all of a sudden just brought me back. And no matter all the amounts of, you know, writing and 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 all the triggers and 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 trying to do all the helpful things. It was just getting worse and worse and worse. And then I hit my bottom point when I was in bed one day, and I would just cry. And it, I would cry at night, and then kind of pretend that everything was good during the day. And then when we couldn't see my eight-year-old then play hockey, that broke my heart. That broke my heart to to tell my son you know, if you really truly want to play hockey, then mom and dad can't watch you because we can't go in arena. And he said, it's okay, mama, I'll be okay. I'll store, I'll score some goals for you. And he's been my strong point 
through all this. He's been my focal point to continue and he, he's been an amazing blessing. And that's why I think, you know, I survived that many years ago because he needed to be in this world because he's a ray of sunshine. He frustrates me definitely, but (laughs) he, he's my ray of sunshine and he, I wanted him to know why his mom and dad weren't invited to parties, weren't invited to go watch him play hockey. I wanted his mom and wanted him to know why. And so I found it like Courtney, very therapeutic to write this. And there are details in this story that no one knows. So I felt it, if I'm going to open myself up to the world, I'm going to open myself up completely. I may, there may be turmoil coming ahead um, with some of the things I've written, but I'm living for me. I'm not living for anyone else anymore. And that's why, you know, I was kind of, my title is a double life, right? Overcoming a double life and I'm done the double life. So I've fully exposed myself, everything. and. I feel proud and I walk with my shoulders a little straighter. I I'm yeah, I'm me and I I'm happy about me. I'm so proud of you, Lise. Cause I remember when I gave you a little bit of a nudge in your writing process, I said, I think there's something else here <laughs> that you're holding back on a little bit. And that's very typical in the writing journey because it's very vulnerable, uh, especially in nonfiction writing when you're sharing about your life and the things that you've experienced. And I remember when you, you presented your, your next draft to me, I was like, Whoa, there it is. Um, (laughs) So big, big kudos to you for really opening yourself up and um, sharing the, the mirror that you experienced with all of this abuse is what I'll call it Mm -hmm. uh, that you faced um, for making a, private medical decision that really shouldn't concern anyone. Um, And how all of a sudden it started bringing you back to these other situations where you felt like you didn't have control. You felt like, why didn't I say something? Why am I allowing this to happen to me? Why do I keep finding myself in these positions? Why do I keep burning myself Mm -hmm. out? Uh, Why do I keep running away and thinking that Oh, I just leave this behind and I'll just go start somewhere new and uh, none of that will follow me. And then it just kept following you. Right. And all of a sudden, bam, it's back in your life in 2021. Um, yep. I think you did a, an impeccable job of, of drawing that correlation of like, I've been here before um, with all of the, the work that you've done on yourself. You were able to apply that to like literally cut a cord and, and create a new story for yourself. Yeah. And it's exactly that. I've recognized the pattern. And I think I've written that word, I don't know, 15 times in my chapter pattern, notice a pattern. (laughs) And so I've broken that pattern now and I recognized it. And yeah, it's, it's very freeing. It's very, I have to say since doing that, yeah, I've had some couple, you know, off weeks or whatever, but I've never been happier and freer, I would say, just because this is me. I'm not going back. This is the new me. I'm proud of me. And yeah, I'm speaking up for what I believe in. And if you don't like it, well, then that's okay. I'm okay with that. Okay. Yep. And yeah, Yeah. it was great. Thank you. (laughs) It was great 
It was very therapeutic. Thank you. I'm thrilled to hear that. Thank you. Um, I also love that you just drew the correlation between happiness and personal freedom, because I think that a lot of people's unhappiness comes because they're restricting themselves uh, from things that would enhance their life or they're continuing to condone things in their lives that aren't good for them. Um, and therefore not actually being free, but when you can become sovereign, return to your sovereignty is how I should actually phrase that. Cause that's how we were born. Um, return to that place of, I, I get to choose how this life goes. I get to have a say in what's in and what's out. Um, and the path that I get to take and releasing all of those things that our minds tell us we have to keep or put up with or tolerate um, because we don't want the rejection and we don't want the friction and we don't want the drama uh, or whatever else. We don't want the, you know, people gossiping about us. We don't want people to view us differently. So we mold ourselves and it's crazy what we do as adults (laughs) that should know better Um, and then all of a sudden you like, you come out of it and you're like, I don't have to do that anymore. What? So all of a sudden I'm no longer worried about people rejecting me. I'm no longer worried about upsetting someone because of my opinion, my innocent opinion on something, um, or the choices that I make, uh, because I'm making them from a place of sovereignty and it's the responsibility is on others to figure out how they want to receive me. And that just opens up this delicious space in life to relax, like, oh my God, the level of relaxation and the level of peace that I sleep with these days technically doesn't make sense given the state of our world, right? It's like our world is on fire right now. We have all sorts of problems, but I am sleeping eight to 10 hours a night, totally interrupted because I'm at peace with me. Right. So such a beautiful realization that's, that's come through for so many of us uh, throughout this experience. Uh, Rebecca, share what your story's about. Well, uh, like uh, both of you, September last year was kind of like the catalyst for where my story kind of begins. Um, Where it begins is canceling my flights to New Zealand to go to work there um, by choice but uh, because of vaccine mandates, if I had have gone, I would have ended up jobless, homeless, unable to come back to Canada or leave New Zealand, um, basically. So uh, for the last like two years before the pandemic started, I was getting my nursing registration in New Zealand, planning on immigrating there permanently, just because I'd been there before working in unrelated jobs and just loved it. So I started that process during the pandemic thinking it might be a good thing to do. And then all of a sudden, September, all of these vaccine mandates come out and basically I'm left with either get vaccinated or you can't be a nurse anymore, even though as far as I have been taught in nursing school about ethics and, and uh, bodily autonomy and freedom of choice to have or not have medical procedures. So that was kind of where I was like, 
that doesn't really seem like something that we should be doing to people. Um, and it wasn't even like a question at that time about the safety or efficacy or anything like that. It was more like I should be allowed to choose whether I have something or not. Uh, Jehovah Witnesses don't believe in blood transfusion, so they don't take them. And even at the advice of a medical doctor, they say no. Um, sometimes they'll change their mind, but they have the choice not to do it. So for me, that was kind of like where it all catalyzed, I guess. Um, <clears throat> I had been working as a nurse since 2013 when I graduated. And being in the medical field, like there's a lot of things that you see that you kind of like question. And then older nurses are just like, oh, well, that's just the way it is. That's just the way we do things. Like you just need to give them their pills, whether they like it or not, because they need them and so on and so forth. So that was kind of like where I drew the line a little bit and started to get out of healthcare. I was like, ah, I don't like the way things are going. So I wanted to get into holistic healing and just like more natural ways of healing, which is kind of where I ended up getting to New Zealand in the first place uh, because of the thing, like the choices that I've made led me to a place where I ended up meeting someone who encouraged me to go. And um, basically all of this happened and uh, yeah, it was just like, where does bodily autonomy come into any of this? Like, where is my choice? And now it's, it's kind of funny now because New Zealand is now actually completely open. <laughs> and I actually <laughs> got a, the job that I was supposed to go to last year. They've emailed me this year and they're like, oh, when can you move to New Zealand? The mandates are dropping for healthcare professionals on the 26th. So now I'm just like back at the same place in a way like where I could go back and could do exactly what I had planned to do. But after going through all of the things and then also not knowing where the world is going to be, it's like, do I want to go back to that? Yeah. <laughs> do I want to return to the healthcare industry that I didn't really like? and wanted to get out of in the first place. So yeah, it's like kind of interesting to be at this time now too. So that's yeah. basically what my story is. In the in the span of a year, <laughs> literally everything went 180 degrees that way and then 180 degrees it the other way. And you're kind of sitting here being like, is this is this a pivotal moment in my life? It, it, it invited you into this uh, I would say at least at first, very unwelcome reflection on what you want to do with your life because you were forced. Um, I loved the way you opened your chapter with you being on the phone with the airline agent trying to figure out if you can get a refund. And it was like 11 o'clock at night and your partner was like flying to an ATM machine. Like it was just a crazy experience. And then all of a sudden you got notification that the refund had been processed and just what that refund um, like represented in your story. Yeah. It wasn't just you're getting your money back for a flight that you're not taking. It literally defined your life. 
because you were ready to move your entire life, start somewhere new, create a new career, be in a place that you absolutely love. Like your descriptions of New Zealand and your trips there is, I can, I can see it because your, your descriptions are so vivid. So to be on the phone and getting that 11:59 PM notification, like you're sitting there in the dark of a Canadian fall and you're like, now what? All of a sudden you're supposed to be getting on a plane, like what the next day or something crazy like that. Yeah, like eight, like 8 a.m. So you day. go from, from being on, we're going to New Zealand tomorrow. I'm moving there to, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do yeah. I do now? What am I supposed to do tomorrow? What about my job? What is happening? What did I just do? Was this the right decision? Um, do I even want this career anymore? Like there's just so much that all of a sudden surface for you. And again, people aren't understanding these unique circumstances that people were in. It wasn't just a matter of, oh, I'm just not going to take it. And I'm going to be a dick to society because I do what I want. Like there are significant considerations that went in for a multitude of reasons. And the impact to individuals is shocking when you actually peel back the layers and allow someone to speak and share their point of view to really understand that person's life. It is really hard to continue to cast judgment on a person's private medical decision. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love to know um, what sovereignty means to you guys. And I've, I've asked each of the authors on this call already, is there a is there a word that comes to mind? Is there an emotion that you feel? Is there something that you think about or, or an experience that resonates with you when you think about personal sovereignty? Courtney, I'll start with you. Oh, I mean, probably like being authentic, um, being real. It's so funny. I feel like to say that because shouldn't we all just be authentic and real? And I feel like that was something that uh, people knew me for. They would refer to me as like, you're a really authentic person and not judgmental and all of those things. And I feel like I've always been that person. I never changed, but people's opinion because of this one decision completely changed. And it's just coming back to that like grounded, rooted person that I am and have always been. Um, but you, I questioned it a lot uh, over the last year or or so. Like, like you said when you were just um, saying to Rebecca, um, like, am am I a bad person? Like, am I am I am I going to hurt people? Like, is that what I really had to question all those things? And I thought, no, that's never been me. And it's not going to be me. So it's just just knowing who I've always been, staying strong in that and still being that person. Yeah. Isn't that interesting how you didn't change, but all of a sudden, everyone's opinion of you did. Yeah. That's very, very telling. I hope that message really lands for, for some of our listeners because we were just kind of continuing on. I mean, I'm the, I'm the, the uh, one that's very direct. I, I share my views on things all the time, unsolicited a lot of the times, bless the people for sticking around to listen to me sometimes, but I've never changed. Like, it's just like, well, this seems a little sketchy, you know, like that's, I'm always saying that stuff about things, right? All of a sudden this was different. And everyone around me started to shift. I'm like, what the heck, man? Like, this is, I'm always ranting about things. Like, why is this suddenly the thing? 
that causes everyone to say, Ooh, Sarah, mm -mm. no, not around me. Thank you. Interesting. I love that. I love your perspective of sovereignty. Uh, Lise, what does sovereignty mean to you? I think I'm a bit of the opposite of Courtney. To me, it's um, new beginnings. Mm -hmm. That's what it means to me because given what it made me go through again and realize what I was repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating, it made me realize you're really not happy doing this. You're, you know, you're just funnily enough, you're just a robot, you're, you, right? I was just a robot. I was going to work. I was doing this. I was putting my son through school. I was working and then I was coming home and, and just doing the same thing routine. And I'm a very routine person. However, knowing that it was taken away from me for something that after I've done some research, which people seem to think my research is hokey pokey stuff, but it seems to be coming out clearly now that it's not hokey pokey, but um, I'm not afraid to speak my mind anymore. I'm not afraid to be in the shadows. I've, it, it's a new beginning. I've released I, as kind of maybe like a snake. I've shed a skin and now it's a new life for me and I'm going to explore it and live it to my fullest. And I don't stress about the little things anymore. I find I'm not afraid of the future anymore. So before I was always afraid, Oh, if we don't have a job, Oh, like we, my husband lost his job during this, right. Because of the mandates. So I wasn't afraid anymore. I just knew we were going to be okay because I'm being me and Nothing can take that away from me anymore. So yeah, new beginning for me. Oh, I love that so much. And I love the uh, analogy use of like snake shedding its skin, because I think for a lot of us, that's exactly what it felt like. It wasn't that we all of a sudden adopted something new and just started living in a different way. It's that we shed all of the things that had kind of built up these layers around us, almost, almost creating like a cage around our own lives by our own design. Uh, and then consciously choosing to let those things go um, because they're not serving us. They're not serving our life experience. They're not serving our satisfaction, our joy, uh, our relationships. Um, so to just let those things fall away. And just like you said, Liz, it's like, we got this because this is all we need mm -hmm. is this, this inner knowing, this innate knowing that we're going to be okay what a gift to be able to access that. Um, there's people who spend their entire lifetime journeying afar to try and connect with that level of connection with self. Um, and I've said in, in a, one of the other episodes, I'm like, this has been a real backhanded way for us to come to learn this lesson. <laughs> it's like, okay, clearly I'm real stubborn. If it took that in order to bring me back to my sovereignty message taken universe. Thank you very much. I'll listen a little sooner from now on. <laughs> um, but so grateful nonetheless, right? Like what a, what a wild time we're in uh, amidst all of this chaos, but to sit here with such a deeply rooted sense of inner peace at the same time, it's like, it feels like magic to me. Rebecca, what does sovereignty mean to you? So sovereignty to me means being able to choose. So the freedom of choice to do what I want with my body, where I want 
with my body, who I want, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you shouldn't have to be forced to take a medical procedure to participate in society, to access certain services. Uh, it's never been a precedent before. And I, I feel like now it should not be a precedent either. And it's really funny to me that now all of a sudden all these mandates are being dropped. So what was the point in them to begin with? You know, like, why did, why did you segregate society, people for six months, seven months, when now all of a sudden we, we still apparently have COVID and we still have vaccines, but we don't need mandates anymore because of like what reason? So, so sovereignty to me is just being able to choose, like, you, you can choose whether or not to have an abortion, whether people like that or not, and whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, but you have the right to choose in that situation, but you don't have the right to choose a vaccine, a medication that potentially has side effects. So yeah, it's freedom of choice. Definitely. Choice. Yeah. Choice, choice is everything. Like I couldn't imagine like it just—it literally doesn't make sense. The word sovereignty and lack of choice don't coexist together. So whether that's choice of career, choice of what you do with your body, choice of people you interact with, choice of things that you say, uh, choice of beliefs, choice of religion, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You don't—if you don't fully stand for your right to choose. Um, anything in your life, then that means that someone else has control. And I think people who really stepped into freedom, and I know that freedom is such a buzzword these days. Um, but if we really take a step back of like, you know, behind the signs and behind the chants and behind the megaphones um, and people screaming freedom from the top of their lungs, it's like really peel that back. And, and what does that mean? And it's it's choice it's shedding it's authenticity it's literally everything that you guys um have just stated so beautifully and to have access to that um i don't think there's anything that i would fight harder for and what i what i hope that people recognize by reading this book is that this isn't just a a compilation of stories of fighting for ourselves and and what we needed to do this is about setting a precedent for future generations, um, for children. It's about you all have children and, and, you know, it's important for you to be like, hey, mom made this decision and this is what she took a stand for. Um, it's so important to protect these things uh, and really push back on that narrative of sovereignty equals selfishness. Like at what point in our history did we take such a horrendous turn and, and how long over time did that continue to compound itself in order to get to where we are now, where sovereignty is synonymous with selfishness uh, and, and lack of care for other people. So it's so important that we continue to embody sovereignty by way of life um, so that it is normalized for the generations that are following us and, and watching us lead navigate our way through these times the best that we can sometimes it gets a little sloppy emotions can take the best of us um 
but kudos to all of you guys for everything that you guys were up against. And again, you guys haven't even had the privilege of being able to read each other's stories yet um, at the time of this recording. So I'm like the only one here that has a full freaking picture of the power of this book. Um, but by the time it goes uh, live on air, then uh, you guys will also fully understand what you're a part of here too. So I'm just honoring you. I'm so grateful for you. I, I just, it's blown. It blows me away that like a, a group of people who didn't even know each other, like last year, <laughs> Other than maybe the odd following here and there on the internet or something to that effect, um, we a bunch of strangers who just felt compelled to come together and write these stories. Um, so for the listeners, uh, thank you for listening to us today and, and for opening your hearts to these authors and go get that book. We need your support uh, to get on those Amazon charts, uh, which is exactly why we chose Amazon as our path forward uh, to be able to reach as many, many people as humanly possible. We know that this will land beautifully with our beautiful friends and family and the freedom community, but we also hope that it will reach some skeptics out there who may have had some preconceived notions about people like us. Um, this is our opportunity to humanize our side of the story that has been dismissed very, very heavily dismissed over the last couple of years. So thank you, Courtney. Uh, thank you, Rebecca. And thank you, Lise, for sharing this time with me today. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you need support to grow or start your business online, be sure to connect with me at www.businesswithsarah.com forward slash connect or send us an email at team at businesswithsarah.com. If you loved this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and leave a five-star rating on your favorite platform to help me reach more listeners. Until our next chat, be courageous and take some action.